What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome you. It's your host, Alan, and we're going to start off with a song by Karis, and I just wanted to read uh, what the Columbia Daily Tribune said. Uh, Karis Waltman possesses an earthy, exquisite voice that adds both light and shadow to a sound that lives on the county line between folk and bluegrass, and when thinking of Karis and her music, I don't think I could have said it any better. And so, here's a song called Banks of the Ohio. Banks of the Ohio 
welcome you to another episode of Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan, and today I'm burning the phone lines with Karis Waltman. She's originally from the Pensacola area. She is a folk singer-songwriter, and I am happy to have you on with me today. So, Karis, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Alan. How are you doing? I'm doing well. And so, um, just to give people just kind of a feel... um, Growing up uh, in the Pensacola area, uh, what did life kind of look like for you as you were uh, coming up? You were homeschooled, right? Yeah, I was homeschooled. So um, I'm a preacher's daughter. So I grew up in the church a lot, and I was homeschooled. And uh, because of that, I had a lot of time for music. So I started playing guitar at about eight, and I was writing little short stories before that. So when I was about eight and started playing guitar, I kind of started writing songs. It was super organic how it happened. Yeah. Yeah, and so uh, just a little bit about your name. Um, that was, I've, I've studied um, Greek in the past, and that was the, one of the first things that I landed on. It was uh, that your, your name means grace of God. So that was kind of my first um, assumption. I was like, I bet she came from a religious family. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's funny, people um, people like you that know that, I, I get that all the time. People just ask me straight up sometimes, are you a preacher's daughter? <laughs> <laughs> I was in Memphis a couple of weeks ago, and some boy walked up to me because he knew my name, and he goes, your name's Karis. I bet you're a preacher's daughter because I'm a preacher's son, and my sister's name is Karis. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's always a lot of fun. You know, when you meet people, I mean, obviously the name is one of the first things that comes, and it's a unique name, and then when you know what the name means, it's it's pretty obvious where it's derived from. <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> and so, um, you know, early age, uh, playing guitar, that's your primary instrument then? That's my primary instrument, yep. And so I guess that looked like is uh, doing praise and worship in your father's church as a young girl? I did. I did that a little bit for sure. Um, I I did some in the in the youth group as well as in um, just the regular church. And then I started doing some plays and theater in the little theater downtown in Pensacola. And so that was those were t- kind of my first two times, you know, being on being on a stage in front of people. I guess. Yeah. Well, that's that's interesting. And so, um, like, what kind of theater was? Uh... What kind of plays was it? Yeah, so I'm trying to think. I did I did one that was called Annie Get Your Gun, and it was about Annie Oakley and her life story. Uh-huh. Um, and most of the plays that I were in were musicals, so there was, you know, singing and dancing involved. And I grew up big um, into dance. I took dance lessons for 10 years. So I just enjoyed, you know, being on stage entertaining people growing up. Absolutely, and so, like, parents fully supportive of uh, all those endeavors as you were growing up? Definitely. They would drive me to dance lessons three times a week. Well, that's great. How old were you when you started writing your own music, and what did that look like early on? Yeah, so, like I was saying, when I was about eight, when I started playing guitar for the first time, I was writing short stories before that. I just loved telling stories in general and so when I picked up the guitar those short stories turned into songs and from there it just kind of progressed um when I was about 12 was when I really started you know sitting down writing songs and 
memorizing my songs and, you know, keeping them going. And Mm -hmm. it's just continued um, until now. Great. And so uh, just a little more about your sound. Uh, Where do you think that come from, your influences on that? Would it be those old Southern gospel hymns mixed with, uh, I don't know, who were some of the people that you were listening to early on? Yeah, so um, I definitely, I remember going to my grandparents' church and hearing the, the hymns they they went to a Baptist church. So I remember doing that and I loved, you know, hearing those old songs that were super straightforward and super well written and, you know, it relays in so little words what they're trying to get across. So I loved that as well as I started listening to Peter Paul and Mary at about eleven or twelve. Nice. Um, because How'd you started- find him? Yeah, so I started collecting um, vinyl records nice. from, like, the local junk store. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, yeah, from there I found Peter, Paul, and Mary, and they led me to so many different folk singers and, you know, different songs and that so many different artists sing. So I found, like, Bob Dylan through them and Doc Watson and Joan Baez and all the people from, like, the folk revolution in the 50s and 60s. Uh-huh. And then from there I just you know, kept going backwards and finding out where the songs that those people sang originated from, because most of those songs weren't songs that they had written. They were old songs that, you know, kind of changed with the generations that passed. Right. Have you, uh, have you listened to the latest Bob Dylan song that, uh, released a couple of days ago? I have not. I've had like three people text me and tell me to listen to it, but uh-huh. <laughs> I've been quarantining and like sleeping for three days, so I need to do that. <laughs> it's so good. I mean, it's it? uh, it's it's Bob Dylan uh, doing Bob Dylan. I mean, he has a way about it, don't he? That's awesome. <laughs> yes, he sure does. Yeah, and so um, we'll we'll get to this uh, a little bit later. I wanted to hit on it now, but just about your storytelling. Um, I spent quite a bit of time with your album, and uh, I've really enjoyed the the music work that you've done on it. But uh, more importantly, the lyrics and the stories. Uh, and coming from such a young age, um, I'm blown away. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Yes, um, all of those songs that I picked, um, they're all traditional folk songs um, that I've kind of you know made my own, like like we all do that takes old songs because no one does them the same but I picked those songs because most of them were some of the songs that you know got me into traditional music and folk music and even like the old time old time thing of all this it's just really cool so that's why I chose those songs great I guess just a fast track 17 years old you had a friend who wanted to do uh, a voice the voice audition right Yes, I sure did. And so I guess just back that up for me, just I guess maybe a couple weeks before that, what did that look like for her preparation and like how you got involved in it? Yeah, so we, you know, we're just friends. Um, She's a singer-songwriter as well. She actually went on to be on American Idol, which is, it's pretty crazy. So we just kind of wanted to take a trip and kind of have a reason to take a trip. So our parents would take us because <laughs> yeah. we were only 17. And so we went to Nashville. We asked my mom to take us to Nashville and she took us to Nashville and it was not the big, I don't even know what it's called, like the big center for stuff going on down in, 
down in Nashville downtown mm-hmm. and people were like wrapped around the outside three or four times in a long line. I think there were like 8,000 or 9,000 people there. Wow. We went inside and got our little numbers and um, I decided what song I was going to sing in the car. I decided a Bob Dylan song and I got up there and I sang it for the judges that I guess they were just producers of the show and um, they said, we like you. Here's the next round, and I did not expect that at all. Right. <laughs> and so I just kept going through rounds. I think there were maybe five rounds before the television one, and they flew me out to California two times. So we'll... I was out there for a month at the longest, um, and you know, I was just living the Hollywood lifestyle. It felt like being out in LA for a month and. Then I got to do my audition, and I did not get a chair turn, but, um, you know, I felt like I did what I wanted to do, so I was super happy with it, and when the chairs finally turned around, they told me, I don't think you're right for this show, but you're right for what you're doing, so just keep doing what you're doing, and you're going to be okay, and I was going to do that anyway, so. Right, (laughs) yeah, so I mean, just at such a young age to... um to be able to travel and to be flown out to Hollywood and to kind of, I guess, live that lifestyle for uh, a month. Um, that had to be somewhat uh, dreamy or something that maybe possibly romanticized as, at, at a younger age. Definitely. Um, yeah, I felt like I was in a dream the whole time. <laughs> so did you do anything cool while you were out there? Not a whole lot. We were sequestered to the hotel, so we weren't allowed to leave unless we had people like on the production team with us, which was pretty crazy. But um, there were pools at the hotel, so I made good friends with a lot of the contestants. And actually, one of my best friends that I made out there ended up getting second place. So nice. um, I, you know, I'm still friends with a lot of people that I met on the show. And it was it's just a good a good time to look back back on that I've made some great connections with people. So. Right. I mean, that's that's one thing about like uh, whenever you get involved with that many people who are like minded and have a passion for the same thing. It's you know you're able to rub elbows, and uh, even though you might not have the same style or taste, um, you know it's like the idea of going to Nashville and just rubbing elbows with all the musicians there. Definitely. Uh, it's it's Definitely. good. It's a good thing. Um, and so just I guess. After that, and um, being back in Pensacola, um, what did life look like up to the point to where you were getting ready to move to Kansas? Yeah, so I um, went back to Pensacola. I was 17 at that time, and the the next summer, I graduated from high school when I was just turned 18. I turned 18 in May, um, and that that summer, I had booked, like, a little tour um all over like the midwest basically i went to indiana and illinois and missouri and kansas and tennessee i believe and so i did that all summer and you know i <laughs> i lost a lot of money because it was my first tour that i didn't really plan great <laughs> yeah i mean so <laughs> what, know, did that, like, what did that look like did you do all that leg work yourself and sitting all that up <laughs> Yeah, so I did. I did set it all up, and um, I I learned a lot from that. 
I, I definitely learned a lot, and I, I met a lot of great people on that tour. Yeah. And, you know, it kind of set me up for where, where I am now. Um, but, yeah, after that tour, I went back to Pensacola for about a month or something. Actually, no, I didn't go back to Pensacola. I went to Kansas City for um, Folk Alliance, which was a big, like, folk convention. Uh-huh. And they jump around. Um, they were in Canada last year, and then this year they were in uh, New Orleans. And then, yeah, I, they were in Kansas City when I went. And I met this guy out there who worked for a college in where is this, in Mississippi, northern Mississippi, and they offered me a music scholarship to their school right under Memphis. So I went there in the fall, and I was there for maybe three months, decided that school wasn't really for me right now, Mm -hmm. and then I moved to Kansas, and I've been touring full-time ever since. So that's that's basically my life story in a really short, short way. And condensed, yeah. It's uh, it's reminiscent to me. Um, I went down to the University of Mobile, and uh, I met a I met a guy. We uh, we played a little bit together. We had some music classes together, and uh, I was always taken back by him. His name is Jordy Searcy. He was on The Voice uh, for a time, and since then uh, he didn't finish. At the University of Mobile, and uh, mm-hmm. he he left there and started touring. And then next thing I knew, he was on the Voice. And then next thing I know is like he's just on the road. Yeah, and, uh, it's it's been crazy though to follow him and to see what life has looked like because I remember you know a time when me and him were both just in college trying to figure out what life was going to look like. Yeah, it's and, amazing. It happens fast when it happens. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And so just, uh, I guess just a little more about the Folk Alliance is, uh, I mean, what did that look like signing up for that? Just, I guess, for people listening that might have some kind of interest in knowing what that looks like. Yeah, so I actually got a scholarship to Folk Alliance, which was really awesome. Um, So I was able to go for free, and they have these private showcases, which it's it's in a hotel, so their private showcases are in like hotel rooms they have maybe three floors and pretty much every hotel room has music going on and people just walk in between and you know hear the music that they want to hear and then they have official showcases which are downstairs like in the lobby area and they have you know big stages set up and Mm -hmm. people will play their official showcases and then they also have conference rooms where they will have conferences and you know um workshops about different things that will help you in your career like music business and promotional things and um booking or how to find an agent or you know that kind of stuff so it's really cool and there's musicians from literally all over the world that are playing their folk music that's their native home folk music which is amazing i met some people from estonia actually that were there and yeah, it was just incredible seeing folk music from all around the world and meeting all those people. Yeah. And so I guess uh, maybe a little comparison and contrast, just since the move uh, to Kansas and as your songwriting matures and uh, just your musicianship, um, 
what are some of the growths uh, that you have seen since you've been in Kansas? Yeah, so um, it's been great being in Kansas because I am more central, centrally located to the U.S., which is great because when I was in Florida, I was, you know, six hours from everywhere. even being, yeah, everywhere, basically. <laughs> so just, you know, being centrally located has been very helpful, and um, I'm finding myself becoming, you know, more comfortable being in front of audiences um and i think that just comes with time and you know age and growth um and i'm also honing in on um my craft more and i'm having more time to be able to you know sit at home and really practice what i'm doing and collaboration with other people there are more people here that are doing you know the style or genre of music that is closer to what i'm doing than you know, most people down in North Florida, so Absolutely. that's some cool stuff. Yeah, that, that, that's that's one of the things when I was getting familiar with your music and where you're from, it's like, there's not anything like that around Pensacola. I don't see it, like, I think the move was important uh, for you to do because um, it's kind of a pop scene uh, in that area, or it was when I was down in that area. Yes, it definitely is. They have, like, pop music and punk music, and then there's definitely some, like, dad rock at the beaches, you know? <laughs> right, yeah. The April tour is canceled as of right now, and just life as a musician as a whole is, is fairly uncertain at the moment. Um, yes. But um, with that being said, um, maybe as 2020 opens back up, maybe later in the year, um do you have any projections or any idea what that may look like for you? Yeah, so actually my whole year is booked currently until, um, I believe, November. So if when everything's, you know, get back to normal, I, I will be back on the back on the road. And as soon as that happens, I'm going to be happy to be back on the road for sure. Great. And so just uh, as you're on the road, do you bring any accompaniment with you, or do you just go solo? It, it depends which tours. Um, like the, some of these April shows that just got canceled, they were trio shows. So <laughs> I have some girls that play with me. One of them plays the fiddle, and then one of them plays the banjo, and I play guitar. So we do some trio shows, and then I do some duo shows with my boyfriend, Julian Davis. And that's something that we have been focusing a lot on for this year. And most of our shows that we were doing as duos have been canceled because of the coronavirus. But at the end of the year, we have some, like, in August and October, I believe. So, yeah, besides that, it's just me, though. Gotcha. Some of those shows, are the um, is it just a wide range? Is it, like, uh, just on a stage or maybe it's a house show or is it, it just kind of varies for you? It varies. Um, there's a lot, of, a lot of festivals booked this year, which are really fun. Um, and then, like, we just had to cancel a show um, at the Ozark Folk Center. But we have another Folk Center show in Minnesota at the end of the year or later on in the summer. So hopefully those, you know, continue. I do some house shows. I love doing house shows, but... Um, I just haven't done that many of them recently. But, yeah, it's mostly just small venues or folk centers or festivals. Gotcha. Right now, 
who are some of your favorite people to listen to? That's a good question. Um, Gillian Welch is always going to be one of my favorite people to listen to. I really enjoy her music. And then recently I've been um, really enjoying Vivian Leva's music and Dory Freeman. Those are two girls that I've been listening to in the past couple of months that I've been really enjoying their music and what they're doing. Um, and then, you know, the classics, um, Olivelle Reed, um, Doc Watson, mm-hmm. all that good stuff. That That's never going to be anything that I stop listening to. Gotcha. Just some of the short stories that you've wrote over the years, are these stories that you've made up, or are these stories that uh, you read about, or maybe things that personally happened to you? It's a little bit of both, um, or a little bit of all three. I definitely write about things that are going on in my life and people are my number one inspiration so I write about people in my life but I've also written songs about stories you know that I've heard in history Um, when I was about 15 I wrote this song um, with the poem by Sinfred Sassoon in mine it's called How to Die and it's a war poem so Uh I'll take old poems and turn them into songs or you know just make them straight up out of my head it's it's pretty much everything i just love stories gotcha and uh you you've just mentioned it and so um poetry and uh reading is a big part of uh your influence and so who are some of your favorite authors or poets that's a hard one for me um (laughs) okay just just do what you can with it (laughs) yeah so um I don't even know. Like, I love some of the the classic um, classic poets. My grandma actually had a a book that she I don't even remember who it was by. Um, I'm trying to think who it was by. I can't remember who it was by. I think it had multiple poets in it, and I would just flip through it and you know, read the poems. I don't even know if I have any specific authors in mind that I love. I just like poetry in general. <laughs> well, what about, what about other uh, favorite pastimes? Are you a movie lover? Or, like, what are some of your other ways when you're not on the road and things aren't quarantined? What are your some of your favorite pastimes to do, especially since you've made the move? Yeah, so um, I love bike riding. I I have a bike rack on my car, and I bring my bikes a lot of places. Um, Go bike riding, and I also um, like sewing. I'm not that great at sewing, but, you know, I can stitch up broken things, and that's a big thing that I do is I find old dresses, and I like fixing them up. So I'll go out to thrift stores or antique stores or you know, anywhere that might have old things and find old dresses or any any type of old thing. I just like history and where I came from and where America came from and where the people that made America came from. I just, you know, love history in general. So. Yeah, maybe kind of a, a kintsugi kind of thing. Is, uh, that's like a Japanese art to where it's uh, maybe taking something that's broken um and just making it new. Yes, I love doing that, for sure. Great. That's what most of my closet is made out of, is old dresses. (laughs) 
All right, and so um, just as we get ready to walk this on out the door, um, what are some uh, ways to reach you on social media and just uh, ways to find your music? Yeah, so my music, I have one album out on pretty much every streaming platform. It's called um, Under the Willow, and it's by me, and my name is spelled with an X. It's X-A-R-I-S, which is kind of weird, but it's Karis. Mm-hmm. And um, also, I have Instagram, which is just Karis Waltman, and my Facebook is Karis Waltman Music, and my website is kariswaltman.com, and I believe I have some merch on my website. Currently, I have some stickers and CDs and yeah that's about it <laughs> well great i'm glad that i'm glad that you plug your your merchandise and cds uh in times like this um for those who are touring musicians uh these are trying times because your money's made on the road and being able to go out and play and have an audience and now it's yes. kind of hard to do yes it is it sure is well all right anything else to add or subtract before we go um, I don't think so. I think you did a great job. Well, all right. Karis, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with me today. Okay, well, thank you so much. Yeah. News and notes. Thank you so much for listening to Porch Talk. I'm glad that you're here. If you haven't done so already, I would ask that you would rate and review the show on whatever platform it is that you listen to on. Tell a friend. Uh, you can find us on YouTube and on social media on Facebook. It's Porch Talk. And then Twitter and Instagram, it is Porch Talk underscore 101. And you can find all things good on and off the show if that is something that tickles your fancy. Well, this is a special episode to me. Uh, as many of you know, I spent most of my early adult life in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, Pensacola is just a skip and a hop away, and so any time that I can have someone on the show who is from that area, um, it takes me back to that time. And uh, all the times that I had while I was down there, it wasn't, uh, it didn't dawn on me what it meant at that time, but it certainly does now. All the uh, fun memories that I have and um, all the music that was heard, and uh, now to sit back and see where it's at now, it kind of blows me away. Um, Ross Newell and the Crickets, uh, having friends like Levi and Coley and Garrett Howell and Cam Lewis on, and so those are some back catalog episodes that you could look up. Um, but support Karis, uh, if you can at this time, uh, go to the website and buy the CD and get a sticker uh, during these uncertain times. We're going to walk this thing on out the door with a song called Angeline the Baker. All right, guys, I'm out of here. Peace out.
about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.